Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. Well, welcome. So glad to see you today. And if you're here for the first time, I want to personally welcome you to River's Edge. My name is Lorenzo. Uh, some people call me Zoe. And I'm glad that you're here and a part of this experience today. We are in this series called Jesus Uncut. And what we're doing is that we're looking at the moments in Jesus' life where he went off script. It seems like what he did was offending people more than bringing them closer to wanting to follow him. Instead of bringing them into a place where they could understand what he was referring to, it seemed like he was confusing their minds and their hearts. And one of those moments in the scriptures actually comes when he is talking about swords of division. Now, we don't always see eye to eye. And I think that you've been in this position before. And I think that in this time in which all of us are somewhat divided over this policy of vaccines or even vaccine passports or the restrictions of freedoms and the imposition that is now taking place for people to have to take it, we may find ourselves on very different places of agreement on this very topic. Sometimes in the same household, sometimes in the same marriage, sometimes among friends and co-workers, sometimes it's caused people to actually stop hanging out with one another just because the views are not the same. And it isn't just vaccines that can do that. It's, it's, it's any topic, really. It depends on where uh, you stand, even on a political uh, argument and where you may prefer one leader to another. And maybe sometimes that can happen over lesser important things like sports teams and, and maybe even just what you want for dinner. It can happen over anything. So I know that when we come to a place of disagreement, sometimes it can get ugly. And we pull out the sword. Interestingly enough, the Bible talks about the Bible being like a sword that is able to divide truth. Is able also to bring clarity to a topic that we otherwise would not be able to agree on. But sometimes you can't even agree on the scripture and its interpretation and its application. And that wasn't what anything new even in Jesus' time. In fact, people were confused about how Jesus presented arguments and how he was interpreting passages that they all knew were very important to them, especially when it came to the Old Testament. When it came to the Torah and to their understanding of the law, they had a specific understanding of that application. And then Jesus came and started to disrupt that. And he made it very difficult for them to be able to receive the message that Jesus had. And so there were times when the message of Jesus was very, very difficult to accept. And one of those moments is actually found here in Matthew and in chapter 10. And it's a beautiful passage because it highlights 
the danger that the disciples themselves were going into. And Jesus was warning them. He's saying, you're going to go out into the world and things are going to be very dangerous for you. So what I want you to be aware of is that I don't want you to imagine, and then he says these words, that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but I came to bring a sword. Now, that not only confused the disciples, but it also confused anyone else who would read it. And especially first century Jews who were waiting on a Messiah to appear, they could not accept the fact that this Jesus was talking about swords of division when in reality they were waiting for a Messiah who was going to bring about peace and remove Roman oppression and deliver them from their oppressors and therefore bring and be the prince of peace that was described in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. In fact, even in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 2, it talks about Jesus being born into the world and peace being brought with him. And so now everyone's kind of confused about what this means and why Jesus is referring to being someone who instead of bringing peace is bringing the sword. Now, when we think about what it takes to be in unity, we often think of conformity. We think conformity is the best form of unity. Conformity meaning that we are going to think the same, act the same, look the same, be the same. And as long as we have that, then we are going to be able to have unity. Today in the workplace, many of us are working from home. Many of us don't want to go back to the office. And now as people are slowly going back to the office one or two days a week, people are often talking about how they no longer have a workplace culture because of the fact that there is no unity. People are not seeing each other like they once did. Families who've been apart now for 16 to 18 months, everyone at a different place, even on this spectrum, are feeling the division of not being able to be in community. Look at how uh, many people are here, but look at how many people aren't. And, and you realize that there's still a lot of people who are in an easy place in their lives, not able to make it back to a place of community and being with other people in an environment where they may have some kind of adverse effect on their health. I want you to think about all these things, and I want you to imagine that, that we are talking in a time in which everyone had a certain understanding and an expectation of who Jesus was to be, how he was supposed to be in the world, and what he was supposed to bring to everyone in it. And Jesus wasn't measuring up. Did you ever feel like you didn't measure up in someone else's eyes? I feel like that all the time. I'm never the pastor everybody wants me to be. I'm never the leader that everybody wants me to be like. And I'm never the father or the husband that my family needs them to have, that they need to have. I, I feel like a failure in many places and times in my life and I'm just really trying my best every day to not just please God, but also to be a good person inside and out and to do my very best in all the roles and responsibilities that I have. But I can't shake that feeling of never measuring up. 
and, and never being good enough. I can't. I really can't. And, and, and I know that a lot of us in this room feel that way. We, we feel like there's just something that is always kind of lacking or missing or something that just isn't right. And instead of bringing peace and bringing unity and, and, and bringing people together, we can sometimes see our worst side of us just doing the opposite of that. We're tearing people apart or we're separating people from their friendships or we're not able to bring about the kind of togetherness that we aspire to having. Jesus went out into the world with a, a clear mission and vision. He went out into the world with a clear mandate from his father. And when he taught, he taught <clears throat> what he knew the scriptures needed to be taught. He, he wanted to bring clarity to where there was obscurity. He, he wanted his disciples to change the world not conform to it. And he knew that the religious system that was in place was broken, and so he came to replace it. And he came to do something different. Look, at any given point in your life and at any given point in your spiritual journey, you have somehow adopted a tradition or someone has spoken to you about a tradition rather than the Scripture. And you have been told to follow that tradition, to follow that interpretation, and to follow that application, even though there is no way to substantiate it really in the scriptures. And what Jesus did when he was bringing division was that he was challenging the status quo on the understanding of what those scriptures had meant to people for generations. And now he's saying, as disciples, you're going to go out into the world and you are going to reveal a new way of explaining this and understanding this, and it's going to bring division. And it's going to bring division not only among the people of God, it's going to bring division in your own households because your parents are not going to get what you're doing, because your brothers and sisters are not going to accept what you're teaching. Because others around you who loved you and loved to be around you no longer want to because you are now following me and following a different interpretation to what I have taught and what I am teaching. Imagine the stress that they were under. And whenever Jesus called these disciples to follow him, they were always asked to leave everything behind. And so they had to leave their families. They had to leave their work. They had to leave their lifestyle. They had to leave everything and follow Jesus physically around the world at that time. We're asked to follow Jesus, but we don't have to leave our spouses. We don't have to often leave our families. We don't have to leave our jobs. We don't have to leave the culture that we're in. Or, or do we? Sometimes the division that we experience is, is a division that starts first within ourselves. Where our minds and hearts and lifestyles and choices are being challenged. And I remember when I, when I started to walk with Jesus and, and follow him and read the scriptures and how the changes were being forced upon me in a way that I felt I wasn't ready for and things that I had to change that I couldn't change and, and things that I didn't want to let go of, God was asking me to let go of. And I ask you this, when was the last time you felt like this? 
Because if it wasn't yesterday, and if it isn't today, then too much time has passed since you experienced the power of Jesus' teaching and how it challenges us always to be better than how we are today. You see, we think that this is, has to be like some macro change in our lives. It's about leaving this, doing that. It's about going from here to there, making big changes and taking big risks and leaving big things behind. But every day, isn't, isn't God supposed to be whispering in our hearts and telling us how we are not where we are supposed to be and he wants to lead us where we should be? I really believe that God wants to do that in our lives and, and wants us to experience the, the fullness of what that looks like. Um, I think one of my great joys in life is watching Star Wars movies. Uh, are there any other Star Wars fans? Are you, are you embarrassed to raise your hand <laughs> and be identified with me? Is that, is that it? Well, I love Star Wars. I love Star Wars films. And... Uh, uh, in, in 2017, my family and I had uh, an opportunity of a lifetime, a trip of a lifetime. We'd never gone anywhere like this. We've always driven places, and we've never been on a plane to go to a place like this. But we found ourselves uh, graciously because of some friends from this community of faith that allowed us to be able to stay with them. Uh, we were able to visit Japan, and it was an amazing trip, a trip of a lifetime. And in 2017, as we were touring around Japan, we stumbled upon an exhibition that we never thought we would find there. It was a Star Wars vision exhibition. I have a picture of it with my wife and I holding um, lightsabers with my kids in the background. Notice that the kids are not holding the lightsabers. <laughs> Notice that they are not holding them. It's my wife and I. It was such a fun trip, and, and we came across this exhibit by chance, and, and it was my first time really uh, holding authentic, an authentic movie lightsaber. They actually let us uh, use them and turn them on. I know, I'm geeking out a bit. It's not a big deal, but it was at the time. And yeah, you can take it down. We can go back to the scriptures now. <laughs> a picture of Jesus, a lot more spiritual. Um, but Jesus was a pacifist. He was a nonviolent resistance fighter. That's what he was. And, and as people tried to take him out, he made sure that he was the only one who took himself out on the cross. In the way and in the time in which he determined, no one could ever lay a hand on Jesus until Jesus allowed them to lay a hand. And his disciples were so confused about this whole sword thing and this whole teaching that Jesus had given them about going out with swords that when they came to arrest Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter actually had a sword, took it out, and he cut the ear off of the high priest's servant. And Jesus went down and, and, and got his ear and put it back on his head and healed him and said, what are you doing? Put that away. And in that moment, of course, the disciples were confused. But I thought you told us to get swords. I thought you told us that when we would go out there, that the time would come when we would have to use them. What better time is it than now when they're trying to arrest you 
And you can see that the disciples were confused even then. So listen, let me ask you something. Have you ever been confused by the church, by religious leaders? Ever been confused by the scriptures? You think you're hearing one thing and, and, and you're living a different thing or you're living the right thing and you're being told that you don't have to do that anymore? Like, why, why are you doing it that way? You don't have to. And, and this, this happens all the time. And, and if you go from, from church to church or from experience to experience, and if you go from leader to leader, you're going to find that leaders are going to emphasize different things. They're going to put an emphasis on one thing, but not another. It's going to be about this, but not about that. It's going to be more about this and less about that. And it's because we're all people who are broken and who are trying our best to follow Jesus, but the reality is there is only one person we're ever supposed to follow, and it's Jesus, and it's never people. And so it doesn't matter where you go or what you experience, the flavor of what is offered has to be Jesus. The principal focus of everything that we do has to be Jesus. It has to be about Him and what He wants us to experience. And sometimes that's going to bring about division and change in ways that we don't want. You know that Jesus' own family were divided about Him? The Bible tells us that his brothers and sisters struggled with believing whether Jesus was the Messiah. The only person who truly believed that Jesus was, was Mary, because she carried him. She had heard from God. She had received the miracle of his birth. So she was never in doubt, but his brothers and sisters, they doubted him. Let me ask you something. If you are worried about doubting Jesus and his place in your lives and the things that you believe that you should be doing or haven't stopped doing, you're not alone. The Bible tells us that at a given point, the brothers and sisters of Jesus became believers themselves and that they even became leaders in the church. James became the leader of the church of Jerusalem. He became an integral and important part of the continuance of the faith that Jesus himself had brought so that we could have it finally interpreted the way that God desired. Everything that Jesus does is that he comes and brings us to a place where we have to sacrifice so that we can increase our commitment to him. So I don't know where God is going to ask you to sacrifice, but I know this, that when leaders, even religious ones, and even well-intentioned leaders, even good people, when they are the ones telling you what to sacrifice, they are taking the role of the Holy Spirit away from your life. I can tell you what the scripture tells all of us to do. But I cannot tell you what the Holy Spirit is telling you you must do first. And I know that there are things in my life that needed to change over the course of my life. But I also know that the Holy Spirit was able to show me the thing that I needed to get rid of first before moving on to the next thing. And I didn't have to listen to someone telling me, stop this, do this, change this, and change that. Otherwise, the Holy Spirit will have no place in you. 
Here's how you know a religious leader has taken the place of Jesus is when they tell you that the Holy Spirit is no longer in you or with you, for you, and is only against you. Because Jesus promised that those things could never happen. No one can snatch you from his hand. And if anyone comes and tells you that someone or something that you're doing can, then you know that they are not following the scriptures. They are living by their own traditions. Jesus wanted us to understand what it means to be in a relationship with him like no other. And it was important for him that he fulfilled the scriptures in every way. And that's why in Micah chapter 7, verse 6, it says this, For the son dishonors the father, the daughter rises up against her mother, the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own household. That says in Micah 7, 6, when Jesus came and he taught this, he was basically saying, I've come to fulfill this prophecy. It's one of the prophecies of the Messiah. This is going to happen when you're going to believe in me. This is going to happen when you teach me. This is going to happen when you go out into the world and you start telling them that the new temple is me. That the sacrifices are going to end because I will be the last sacrifice to ever be offered. You need to understand this. You need to teach this. You need to proclaim this. And when you proclaim it, I want you to know it's going to bring division in homes because some will believe it and others won't. Some will oppose you and others will accept you. Some will want to kill you and others will love you more than ever, even though you are strangers. But you need to know that this is going to happen. And it was prophesied long ago. And I have come to fulfill it. And so imagine that Jesus' family, who were divided against him, found this passage to be true. One time, uh, his brothers and sisters came to see Jesus, and the disciples interrupted him, and they said, Jesus, your brothers and sisters are here, and your mother also. And he says, the people who are my brothers and sisters, my family, are those who do the will of God. He was saying, I'm not going to stop doing what I'm called to do just because my family shows up and asks me to. And I don't want you to do that either. So imagine being in a place where family's coming to you and telling you, you can't do this. Have you ever had that in your life? Have you ever had that from a religious leader, from a well-intentioned friend, from someone who was a spiritual mentor, come into your life and tell you to do certain things? Because it's been their experience, or it's their understanding, or it's their application. It's because it's what they went through themselves. It's because that's how they experience change. Let me tell you something. The way I experience change in my own life is not a measure for me to be able to teach others so that they can go through change in the same way. It just doesn't make sense. Even saying it and you hearing it, you know this to be true. So imagine if you go to someone and you tell them, this is how you're going to experience change, how about you reframe that, you rephrase that, and you say something so much better. This is how God did a work in my life. I don't know how he's going to do it in yours, 
but this is how he did it in mind. Can we say amen to that? Let me tell you my story. Let me tell you how God touched my mind, how he touched my heart. Let me tell you how he transformed my life. Let me tell you how he brought me to a better place. Let me tell you about my brokenness. Let me tell you about my failures. Let me tell you about my stumbling. Let me tell you about the times I fell backwards and the times that I also failed forwards. Let me tell you about all those times in my life where I can be honest and transparent with you so that you don't think that before you is a person who's got it all right, who makes no mistakes, who's figured it all out, and will be able to judge you in the position that you're in today. Instead, hear this. In the same way that God sent Jesus to touch and change my life, God has sent Jesus to touch and change your life right now. Open up your heart, open up your life, and let Jesus come right in and let him show you, let him show you what needs to change. Let him show you what needs to be left behind. Let him do a new work in you. Are you excited for that in your life? Are you excited for that in your life? I so wholeheartedly believe that God wants to do that for each of us and believe that he is ready to do that for you right now. Jesus knew that his teachings would disrupt. Are, are you ready for your understanding to be disrupted by Jesus? Are you ready for the lifestyle changes that may bring division in your friendships, in your home, and in your workplace? Are you ready to receive Jesus in a manner that changes and revolutionizes not just your life, but your home and your workplace, and may bring division because you are living righteously in a way that God is asking you to? See, I don't know how God's going to ask you to do that. And maybe you're not going to experience division the way that others have and, and the way that Jesus is, is speaking about. But I believe there's going to be something that's going to happen. And I know that God will be with you all the way through it. He will give you the strength. He will give you the wisdom. He will hold you and love you. He will protect you and bless you. And anything anyone or this world takes away, here's what I know. God gives it back and multiplies it. In the same way that you cannot be taken from his nail-scarred hands. Whatever God has given you, no one can take from you. They can only be given the impression they have for a short period of time until God brings it back and multiplies it. Because we serve a God of multiplication. And he's ready to multiply his blessings in your life. You're ready to receive them. And so, Father... We pray right now that you would bless and multiply your blessing, your giftings. All the things that we would need, oh God, to, to be able to take the next step in our spiritual journey. You see what needs to leave us just so that we can make space in our hearts for you and in our lives so that you can fill it to overflowing. And when it overflows, God, it's going to overflow into our laps. It's not going to be lost.
but it's going to be captured and, and multiplied by you. And I pray, Father, that today as we have learned a little bit more about division and, and the separation that we must sometimes make in this world, that we don't have to be afraid of it. You've got us covered. You've got us prepared and protected. You are our peace and the ultimate peacemaker in our lives. And I pray, Father, that even if we were to experience division, I pray, Father, you would strengthen us now before we experience it, before we go through it, before we live it. Lord, prepare us, I pray. And we thank you as we come to you and ask, be with us as you have promised always, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening, and God bless you immensely.